Pints and Pies podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and this guy Tights and Fights, Tights and Fights, Wrestling Podcast. It's a Thanksgiving song. Look it up. <laughs> Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Hal. You got trouble in Lublin. I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation. Return to the snack, Danielle Radford. Oh, hello. And our special guest, he's a writer whose work has appeared in Bleacher Report, The Guardian, and more. It's Dave making a killing shilling. Welcome to Tights and Fights, Woo. Dave. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, bud. Woo! I, one thing that I notice at every wrestling show is like before it starts, somebody's just like, woo! And then people start doing it, and it gets really annoying when you're trying to have a conversation with your pal at wrestling. But the whole weekend of Survivor Series, it was woo! Yeah. And it got really old. You didn't yeah. take over Survivor Series and Raw. So we, we yeah. know you're a wrestling fan and also from your writing. But tell everybody your background when you first fell in love with it, how closely you've been following it for how long. I think I started in 91 because my first wrestling memory is SummerSlam 91, mm-hmm. the uh, match made in heaven and the match made in hell where Macho mm. Man and Miss Elizabeth get quote unquote married, yeah. even though they were already and then, of course, Jake Roberts breaks in on the reception, and and that was what really got me into it. And 92 Royal Rumble was mm. a huge day in my life, and it carried on through about, I guess, college, like 2004, just because, one, I wanted to get out and meet women and party and maybe <laughs> learn some things instead of sitting in my room watching you know, grown men in their underwear. You, what, I'm sorry, what time did you say you dropped off? Around 2004, 2005. Yeah. It was also was a really, really bad time for the product. Exceptionally terrible. Yeah. Right. HLA and uh, the Billy and Chuck wedding and all of these things that were just garbage were going on and slowly but surely I lost interest. And then I came back, I guess, 2013, 2014. Oh. So I had a really long break. You what know, brought child- you back? I thought there were a lot of really exciting characters from CM Punk to The Shield to, you know, all Orton became more interesting, Batista, Daniel yeah. Bryan. Uh, it was a good roster, and it's an even better roster now. I think this is the, the most stacked roster WWE has ever had. Fair point. It's, it's crazy, because like, I think that you and me took kind of the same path through the 2000s, which was to ignore most of it. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> like the boogeyman and Hornswoggle <laughs> and Vince McMahon giving out a million dollars on Frost. It's like, this is... Why is why is why uh, is this? Why is Hugh Jackman the guest host of Raw? What's happening? <laughs> it was a dark time. Yeah, those were those were dark days. But we had a, a very interesting weekend, and we're going to dive in. We got a lot to talk about, so we're going to start with Saturday's NXT Takeover War Games two. Everybody in this booth was in attendance. Also there, but not here, was Lindsay Kelk. Uh, who was there? We got to meet the Nation of Conversation, who came out to meet up. Thank you all for that. And I think that. There were some members of the nation that were just in the restaurant and didn't want to come out. Um, sorry, we love you. I hope that you enjoyed your fries. Also, yeah, good for you enjoying your meal. Yeah, instead enjoy of ditching your meal. It to talk to people who you've already heard what they have to say about wrestling. Uh, yeah, up to you that basically point anyway. just you just walk by and go like, oh hey, there's them, and then yeah. go about the rest of your day. I think that's probably fine. You just say hi, but if you see us at an event, come up and say hello. We're we're friendly. All right, let's get into the matches. 
I turned to Lindsay during this match. I said, this is not the best match of the night, but this is the most match of the night, which is the War Games match between the Undisputed Era and the War Raiders, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne with the cages that they could have just picked up. Yeah, they snuck they, towards the I, ring. I, I was yep. tweeting about that because they look like those uh, those like frames that they made in Fraggle Rock out of the radishes, mm-hmm. <laughs> those, yep. like the doozer yeah. sticks or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> they were like translucent little sticks, and then yeah, they made all kinds of stuff out of them. It was not what I was hoping, and uh, I was my initial seat was like right on the corner by the second ring uh, mm. further away from the stage. Okay. So I moved right before War Games because I was like, I'm not going to be able to see over here. So I moved and sat with uh, some other friends. And it was a better view, but you still can't see anything. Yeah, that's the big problem. I've heard that the people who watched it on TV enjoyed it very much because they're playing everything to the television. Mm-hmm. I had the same problem. I went to the Punjabi prison match. Oh, oh, not that that was any that. good, but I couldn't see. I was sitting... Like behind the barrier, like five rows back mm-hmm. uh, over by the announce tables, so in the corner. And I couldn't see anything that was happening throughout most of the match. I was in a great spot for the table bump, but the rest of it I missed. And that was the problem with this match. They're all very talented. The stuff I saw I liked, but it felt very long, very confusing for people who were there watching. And I think that can hurt the TV presentation because you're not – you can't pick up those audience cues when not everybody's seeing. Right. You guys know me. I say this all the time. I love Dusty, but, you know, man, two dudes. And now I think I have to amend it to two dudes, one ring. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the reaction videos to two dudes, one ring? Oh. They're better than the actual video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my issue is not necessarily the cage itself, but the fact that I cannot follow a story. There's no story, it's just a bunch of stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. And that's intrinsic to the War Games premise because the match doesn't technically start until everyone's in the ring. The match beyond, I'm wearing a War Games hat, WCW (laughs) War Games hat, and I you know, was very familiar with the format and they called it the match beyond. I don't know why, it was a dusty thing he pulled out of his ass and it sounded cool, like like Mad Max or something. When you take risks and you make, uh, and you innovate, you're not always gonna get it right. No, definitely not. (laughs) I mean, he was also the Shockmaster, or came up with the Shockmaster thing. (laughs) But yes, it was just too many people but better than last year where there were three teams and it was even harder to understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went to the press conference Triple H had after the show and I was like, do you feel like this was better than last year? And he's like, it was easier to understand and easier to follow. So yeah, I guess. I just, see, that's, and that's why I'm so about two dudes, because two dudes can tell a really compelling story with their bodies in the ring. I'm not making this less sexy. This sounds sexual. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making this less well, sexy Well, wrestling is just, like, the most erotic art form that there is. Like, just yeah. forget about it. Don't Passions pretend, like, are inflamed. Feats are educated. Finn like, Balor's yeah. junk is out. Uh, yeah. Just pointing his dick at everything. Just yeah. sweaty bodies flipping all over each other on the table, on the floor, <laughs> I'm just anywhere. I'm cross my legs because I'm getting a boner. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you know what? Let your freak flag pole fly. <laughs> well, then I'll take my pants off. There we go. <laughs> there we are. Now we're, now we're doing tights and fights. All right, let's move on to another non-title match, the only other non-title match on the card, which is Johnny Gargano, full heel, versus Aleister Black seeking redemption after he was taken out of the triple threat match earlier this summer. I love the build to this. I think it was the match of the night. 
I, I, there's only four to pick from, really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not counting no, I that think, I think that was the best one. The strikes were really stiff, yeah. which is what you would expect from an Aleister Black match. Uh, Gargano's character is hilarious to me, where he mm-hmm. still thinks he's a babyface, but everyone hates him. I yeah. love it. It's yeah. so good. It's a clever way to do it. Yeah, I, the storytelling was so good. I followed the story clear. Th- this and the, the NXT title match. Yes. I thought the story was so well told that even from my seat, and even though it was in the wrong ring, which is the one further away, I followed it and I picked up all the nuances, <laughs> the wrong which normally ring. you get, the you wrong get a lot ring better to on rule TV. Them all. Yeah, it was great, and uh, just a, a lot of like you said, those simple character beats that make a wrestling match so compelling. And two dudes, you're right, or two two ladies. Yeah, can I call them ladies? I divas. I. I'm just... <laughs> the face I, wish, I, just I wish made. this was a video because that was yeah. a, that was a great face you made. pulled. I feel like everybody heard it nonetheless. <laughs> it's like Dolph Ziggler's theme song. <laughs> Record scratch. Exactly. They're still. Keeping that in there, huh? Yeah, Even why not? that gimmick's been... Okay. Yeah, why not? Because he's disrupting everything. Yeah. He's a disruptive force. Uh, let's talk about the women's match. Uh, yeah, Kyrie Sane falls to Shayna Baszler in the third fall of a two out of three falls match. Then we have a bunch of people getting involved, but that felt like it was real late. And it, for me, there being there live, it was real confusing. Mm. I just kept turning and going, who's that? <laughs> who's that? And then the third person wasn't who I thought it was. I was very confused by everything happening. I was like, is this going to lead to more? Is this a faction that exists? Why are we getting this faction now? It was so fun watching Hal watch this match because I think you enjoyed it. Yeah, but it was a of lot course, of yeah. Lindsay explaining because Lindsay had to be like, and this is this person and, yeah. and this is this yeah, woman. Yeah, if you didn't watch the Mae Young classic uh, you a were lot, lost. you yeah. were lost. Yeah, you were lost. Yeah, I, I knew that was where they were from. Mm-hmm. I knew that, but I didn't know who they specifically were. If it was people that Shayna Baszler had put on the shelf, which Dakota Kai was, mm-hmm. that would make more sense to me. I feel like the, the second woman yeah, was sure not I. someone who had, yeah, she had not had a match with Shayna Baszler. Am I correct? No, I don't but, believe so. No, but she was one of the favorites coming out of the Mixed Match Challenge. Also, her you mean and Kyrie are really close. Yeah, yes. her and Kyrie. You, okay. mean the Ma- you mean the Mae Young Classic. Mae Young Classic, yeah. sorry. Mixed That's Match. Okay. Stop putting M things in lady she stuff. Was... It's too confusing for my dumb, concussed brain. No, I like, I like Io Shirai. I could not tell exactly what was happening, but it also felt very late. That's why that music point. cues and uh, <laughs> graphics are important to the wrestling yes. presentation because they tell you who's coming out. Yeah, 100%. Um, but she did. I mean, you know, she looked amazing. I can't believe that she did that flip in skinny jeans. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. There's a lot of great female talent coming out of Japan right now. It's impressive. Yeah. Hey, the... New Japan, you should probably start putting more of them on your shows. <laughs> They're never going to have women. Womp. I guarantee you. Uh, that was another match where I had a hard time seeing mm-hmm. because, as you know, the finish was the insane elbow reversed into, I think it was a crucifix pinning combination right. from Shayna Baszler right behind the ring post on the uh, first ring or the yeah. second ring, whichever ring, the other ring. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, what? What happened? And then Shayna Baszler's music plays, and all right, I guess she won. Not great for for live war games when you got the two rings. The third fall also felt short to me. I yeah. usually expect yeah. like first fall, then second fall. I thought the whole match felt short. Yeah, yeah. it did. Uh, they they could have used more time. Well, they needed that fifth hour for the war games match. It was only two and a half hours. It was a short show. Yeah, they keep it tight. Yeah, they it was it really tight. short. I yeah, I kept wondering when will I be home. 
because I was in a car accident last week and I was oh, in a lot of pain in yeah. my seat. Yeah. A lot uh, of pain. Triple H is adamant about these shows being tight and concise and uh, to never feel boring. How's Triple H's titty, did he say during the press conference? Was he in a titty I'm slam? sorry. It I'm going to need hurts. you to say that one more time. Yeah. How's Triple H's titty? It hurts. I can't move. I took my uh, my brace off and I was like, oh, and then I put the brace back on. He drinks <laughs> this giant, like, you know, the Trenta-sized Starbucks cup uh-huh. yeah. filled with water. I, oh, I like a well hydrated him. man. Good for yeah, him. He loves water. He made a really, really great joke about no one ever wanting to work with Sid. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> what he, a charmer. He was talking about like, oh yeah, in the old war games, like there was the there was a roof and you know, Sid couldn't power bomb anybody because the roof was so short. And, I was, and then I said, like, oh, does that mean Sid's in the match next year? And he's like, no, no one would want to work with him, brother. Wow. <laughs> but, I mean, Sid is a notoriously bad worker. Anyway. Yeah. Sure. Uh, let's talk about somebody who is a notoriously good worker. It's one thing to have a really compelling character that people are interested in. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to be able to deliver in your first big match. And then it's another thing that every time you get an opportunity to somehow get better – and if you look at your work overall, that all of those matches tell a story about your character. Mm-hmm. That is outstanding. And that is Velveteen Dream, who got his first NXT title shot against Tommaso Ciampa. He came up short, but the Gargano match is my favorite, but this one is like a fraction away from it. It was so good. This one had my heart. Unbelievable. I definitely bet on some of those false finishes. That was a sign that they did their job that I thought, he's going to win. He's going to win the belt. And then yes. he didn't. I think it was good booking. I don't think it's time for him to have the belt. Chomp mm-hmm. is such a good heel. Uh, Dream's got time. Yeah, yeah he's 20, I'm not, 23 yeah, he's years old. such a baby. He has so much time. I'm not worried that he's going to get everything that comes to him. The man who was Patrick Clark is not going to settle. So I fully believe that if it doesn't work out for him and he doesn't like the way that he's booked in the E, he will take that on the road. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this Patrick person. All I know is the dream. You know, <laughs> yeah, the only dream. dream is not aware. Of no, that. there used to be a guy named Patrick Clark. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sure. The dream doesn't know who he is. Yeah, I'm not but he was on a him. show once called Tough Enough and was actually reamed by Hulk Hogan, who's another guy I kind of barely remember. I was going to bring that up. How do we feel about yet another Hulk Hogan cosplay from Velveteen? It's not an homage. He's fucking with him. Yeah, mm, you might be getting worked. I'm just saying, you uh, might be getting work. That is possible. It might be a ploy to make us more comfortable with the idea when he comes back and has a tag team match with Dream. I mean, that, that would we're be... all supposed to forgive him. Yeah, I, I I would not be shocked if that happened. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't think that he's like parodying Hulk Hogan or satirizing him. That's not going to fly. He's doing it because he legitimately likes Hulk Hogan. And I'm going to make one controversial point. Ooh. I do not like the man Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea. He's obviously a racist. He said racist things that he has never properly apologized for, and he probably never will. But, God, was he a great professional wrestler. Like, go back and watch that match with The Rock. Not ideal in terms of work rate, but man, <laughs> no. that guy just has an, a, a keen understanding of the audience. Yes. Well, but also, you know, Hulk Hogan has a nine-inch dick and Terry doesn't, or whatever the fuck he's. I know, I know. I'm not saying I, you know, yeah. have a bunch of Hulk Hogan merchandise at home and I stand for Hulk Hogan. I'm just saying I can understand if Velveteen Dream says, look, this guy, kind of a dick, but, you know, he meant a lot to me as a character, when I was growing up, and I'm going to do this as an homage, I think he's a macho man as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, and he lives Rick Rude. 
Yeah, he is. He's Rick Rude or Val Venus or, you know, that's kind of what I love about him as a professional wrestler is that he's the first postmodern wrestler. Jay right. Lethal obviously did Black Machismo and he yeah. did the Ric Flair stuff. But this is, he's a character created by WWE to be like fake prince. <laughs> but he's also like referencing old matches and his matches and wearing this gear. And like mm. he's a fan who's a wrestler who is expressing his love of the history of wrestling. I would, I would right. argue that Bailey was the first to really make that and embrace that as a gimmick. It sucks that she wound up losing so much of that because that is what made her popular. Sure, that he, but he, he was did, a fan. Yeah, but he did take it to a level beyond what Bailey did. A lot of times when a character dresses up and apes another character, yeah. that's a sign that they ha- creative has nothing for them. Like, we're just going to have yeah. the big show. Sand out the, the big show even more, where it's like, he doesn't know who he is, but this character, he's not trying to find himself. He's taking ownership of whatever he dresses up as. First of all, I agree with you. I think Terry Bollea, the person, uh, has a long way to go to be redeemed as a human being in any way, shape, or form. You, you can you acknowledge not, that you, you don't have to be, someone's work yeah, before you found out You don't have to be a fan of Hulk Hogan's work. His, yeah. his impact on the business, everybody who's come after him, and his ability to work a crowd and control a crowd... Is undeniable. Yeah, R. Kelly's also a great singer. Also, you, exactly. you know what I mean. Yeah, also, I like the remix to Ignition <laughs> just fine, and he should should be in jail. And yeah, as fans of professional wrestling, we have to accept so much horrible shit every day that we watch wrestling. I'm not saying you know that's defensible or anything, but. Boy, is this a hard thing to like sometimes. Yeah, it's a really hard thing to like mm-hmm. sometimes. It's really, yeah. it's quite difficult. Mm-hmm. And they're really not making it easier for me. Sometimes they do not, no. We're, we are in an era where a lot of things are becoming hard to like because we're finally, people are getting what they deserve. Mm-hmm. And finally, the bad things that people are doing is becoming public. I was just rereading some old X-Men and I forgot that Colossus was hitting on Kitty when she was like 12 or Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's just a mess. How did the feds not shut that down? Anyway, sorry. We have to move on. (laughs) They were trying to shut it down with the Sentinels. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't work. Let's just get into the politics of X-Men. Yeah. And the education system in New York. Okay. Uh, One last note before we head to the break. We learned on Raw that Lars Sullivan is getting called up to the main roster soon. Do you have any expectation for him at all? No. Nope. Because I don't. Nope. I, ex- I, no. You never know these days because there are so many people who, when they moved up, I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to take this shit over. And now they're doing whatever they're doing. And then there's someone like Elias who no one thought had a chance. Alexa is- Bliss, Carmella. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of NXT talent that were not top stars that have gone on to be future main eventers. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, there are some that were top stars in NXT who are kind of stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, someone like Shinsuke, even like a, you know, he came like a in. Bobby Roode. Shinsuke, Shinsuke's had a lot of opportunity on the main roster. He has main evented over and over again. He won a Royal Rumble. I'm going to go on record saying that if he wanted to be uh, higher up in the card, he'd try harder. Wow, that sound is uh, that sound you hear is Julian's blood boiling. <laughs> let us know your thoughts on NXT Take. I'm not even gonna let you get on the talk box now. <laughs> let us know your thoughts on NXT Takeover War Games Two: The Reckoning Hour Five at Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter and Instagram. When we come back, it's time for Survivor Series and the fallout from the show. That's up next on Tights and Fights.
Hi, I'm the JV Club Podcast, Janet Varney, and I used to suffer from indecision. I couldn't choose between Star Wars and Star Trek, whether to call or text, or the best way to cook my eggs. But now, thanks to my weekly dose of We Got This on Maximum Fun, my decisions are made for me. Thanks, Mark and Hal. Warning, We Got This may cause shouting, phone throwing, the illusion that the hosts can hear you, laughter on public transit, and death. We Got This with Mark and Hal. We know what's best. This holiday season, we're flooding the Max Fun store with our biggest ever new product launch. 17 brand new items from some of your favorite shows. I bet you know someone who needs a new shirt or mug, maybe a hoodie. Cozy up in a pair of Max Fun logo socks or keep the sun out of your eyes with a rocket dad hat. There is literally no better holiday gift for the Max Fun fan in your life than some new year. And hey, Pick yourself up a little something, too. You deserve it. Check it all out at MaxFunStore.com. That's MaxFunStore.com. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Dave Schilling. Sorry, I was taking a big old swig of water. That's okay. Hydrate. It's, it's dry in Los Angeles right now. You're hydrating like Triple H would. <laughs> yeah, that's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Survivor Series, also known as the Putting Smackdown in Its Place show, was the second night at Staples Center. Uh, this is uh, Sunday. We're going to start with the main event. I will admit, I got on Twitter very early and went, I am bored by this match immediately. Because mm. I thought I was going to see another Brock Lesnar match where he does all three of his moves. And then we go home. But I forgot that he had somebody in the ring with him who tells great stories. Yep. And when that happens, a great match happens. This is my favorite Brock Lesnar match I've ever seen. Mm. Mm. My favorite Brock Lesnar match I've ever seen is probably either WrestleMania 19. Sure. Or when he squashed Cena. Because that was a great story. We'd never seen him beat a guy like that before. No. And then it became the trope after that. So he created a whole character and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, style of match in that one match. Right. I appreciate that. I do I... appreciate that. His AJ Styles match last year, also very good. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania main event was great. His match with Punk was also very His good. The SummerSlam match. Yeah, I'm going to sound like a douche. I don't have any favorite. <laughs> the Goldberg match at WrestleMania I liked, too, because it was five minutes of intense action. Yes. They really sold it super well. There was that great uh, barrier spear spot on mm-hmm. the outside. But this match was great because... People really bought into the idea that it was going to be a squash. Mm. People yes. sitting next to me in in the venue were like, oh, "This is going to be like five minutes, right?" And I'm like, "This is not going to be five minutes." Daniel Bryan is in this match, yeah, and he wanted this match. He asked to wrestle Brock Lesnar. It's going to be good, and then it ended up being great. And another great heel turn for a character mm. similar to Gargano, who you think is the ultimate babyface. But so good at being a heel. Mm. Uh, got them to boo him. Those facials where he's licking his lips at the end. Just fantastic. Yeah. Such a fun match. Let's talk about his heel turn then. Uh, Daniel Bryan cut what I think is the best promo of his career on Tuesday night. Here's a clip of that. When the referee was mm. down, you didn't allow Daniel Bryan to give up on his dreams. Mm. Daniel Bryan's dreams took over. 
Daniel Bryan's dreams did what they were programmed to do inside of that hyperbaric chamber. And Daniel Bryan's dreams kicked AJ Styles in the balls. Daniel Bryan's dreams were programmed in a hyperbaric chamber. It's like the beginning of like an 80s sci-fi syndicated show. Yes. Daniel Bryan's dreams were programmed in a hyperbaric chamber. <laughs> if his WrestleMania entrance isn't them rolling a hyperbaric chamber, there's a side of the ring he that he rises out, out of. like Aleister Black, but it's from a hyperbaric chamber. Oh, I loved, I'd never seen how they did that before. Yeah. The mechanic, if for those of you who don't know, when Aleister Black rides is uh, he's not something because he's a vampire. He comes in off the side of the stage and lays down on this hydraulic thing that presses him up, and then you get to see it lower back down. And the thing I enjoyed about it is it looked like the next thing that would happen was another wrestler would lay there. Like it was just uh, how it's made episode mm-hmm. where they just show here's how wrestlers stand, and they just um, immediately pump all of them up. But I would, yeah, I would like, like a, that for like a robot being born. Yeah, yeah. Like, here's your robot, <laughs> Darth Vader at the end of Re- Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why Alistair Black asked about Padme after the match? Yeah, this post-match Where's Padme? <laughs> but uh, going back to the match, I'd never seen, and maybe it's happened before because I've not seen every single Brock match, but I'd never seen anybody play possum to that extent before. It completely changed my opinion of that Daniel Bryan character and and sort of opened up a whole lane, a whole new lane of matches that somebody could have with Brock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's impressive. And you, you brought this up with the dream match. Uh, really, we're all, quote unquote, smart enough now to know that everything is predetermined. And a lot of times you have a good sense of what's going to happen. They don't deviate from that much. But in a really well done match and well told story, you forget. There were a few times where I legitimately thought they were going to put Daniel Bryan over him. Yeah, me too. I, I thought, what's the point in having Brock win again? But the point is to have Strowman beat him at the Royal Rumble or something. I don't know. Who cares? Do we believe that this new Strowman can do that? The new Strowman. Is he like the new Daniel Bryan? Yeah. Will he stand on the, the table? The new Braun Strowman? Uh, I'm sure he's going to be the one. Or whichever version of it he will be. By the time Braun Strowman, version one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can slam a tornado. <laughs> He's legitimately getting surgery he on his elbow. Hurt. He yeah. should be out for, what, three to six weeks? Three to six weeks. Okay. So he's most likely missing the pay-per-view. Right, but he will be back for the Rumble. Yeah. I see. Yeah, my my thought is that Kurt Angle replaces him, and they finally just have that blow-off oh, between that's true. him and Corbin. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you want that match? I don't want it at all. Not even a little. I like Baron Corbin, though. I have come around to him mm-hmm. as a non-wrestling character. Yes. I think he's very funny. He has great timing. Uh, and you saw that in the uh, traditional Survivor Series five-on-five five men's match uh, with him on the outside. Just, you know, a lot of great facials and, and, and body language. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a worker, I'm still not sold. He isn't at a match that distinguishes him in any way. Right. But And yet, as a performer overall, you're like, I get what he's doing. He's effective. He's a great coward. Um, yes. which is important as a heel in 2018. My favorite Baron Corbin match is the one where he got squashed by Cena at SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where Cena was just like... Where he actually had some heat on him and he was doing good, and then yeah. they were like, no, you suck. Well, yeah, he does suck, though. Uh, I mean, in the <laughs> ring. I mean, I think he's a great performer, though. Otherwise. Right. Let's talk about the, the women's match, the one-on-one. 
uh, match. Mm, a big night yes. for Charlotte Flair. Again, Ronda Rousey is problematic as a human being. As a wrestling performer, I don't want to say she's Kurt Angle-esque because I think Kurt on the mic had it almost from the very beginning. Yeah. But in the ring, I think she delivers and delivers really well and rises up to every occasion. Because Charlotte can carry her to a really good match. I think that Ronda was a partner in that match. She's getting there. Yeah, a lot of the spots in the match felt unnatural in the way that Kurt Angle's matches did not feel unnatural. Mm. That if he had a, just a smoothness and, and a, an authenticity to his work that uh, it just isn't there with Ronda yet because she's practicing these matches and it's all kind of tightly scripted as opposed to something where Kurt Angle's able to call a match in the ring and improvise and do all those things. So there were spots where I was like, mm, the timing is kind of off there. That's weird. Or why are they doing that? Or... Yeah. You know, what have you. If she keeps working, she'll get better. It but, was, yeah. but you know, for, for those folks who recognize uh, how truly problematic Ronda Rousey is, real fun watching her get beat by a stick. You can't fake getting beat by a stick. What is what is, uh, <laughs> what is is your beef with Ronda? She's a Sandy Hook trooper. trooper mm-hmm. and uh, That's not good. She has said lots of wildly transphobic things. Ooh. Not a f- Ronda, so. don't do that. <laughs> Stop it, um, you, I mean, you've noticed, like, there is a reason why Ronda is so tightly scripted, because if you let her go off on her She'll own, it's crazy. just going to be word salad. Interesting. Charlotte turned heel, but she also kind of turned face. She's yeah. not a heel. She did, she's a, she's just another Becky Lynch now? She's just ripping Becky off. Which is funny, because Becky's yep. uh, Becky's Twitter uh, bio is something like, are they going to dye Charlotte's hair orange and start calling her the woo man? <laughs> it's just, I think it's I think it's part of, you know, one, they recognize that this is what's appealing to the fan is this sort of tough attitude. But also, I think that was Becky's spot and that was that match was designed in that way for Becky. And hmm. because she got hurt, she couldn't play that role. Oh, so her Twitter bio now, and I don't know if she's changed it since you saw it. My bank called, said someone who was pretending to be me wanted to withdraw $100,000 to pay a fine. Woo! I have no idea who that was. <laughs> this is. Wow! Oh, I don't want to talk. So good. I don't want to talk too much about Becky, even though she's, I think, the best performer in, on the roster right now yep. at this point. But uh, you know, she has used Twitter and Instagram and you know social media in general to make herself a bigger star, and, and that's mm-hmm. what wrestlers need to do more often. It's what. Uh, Cody and the Young Bucks have done. And that's where those stories yeah, should be I've told. been preaching that gospel for years. Yeah, they need to Because Becky's to been doing that. it for forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Ronda Rousey lined up for a heel turn? It seemed like they were hinting at it a little bit, like her surprise that they were... Booing. Yeah. They are booing her. That's what I thought, too. But, I mean, she's going straight into wrestling, the biggest heel in wrestling, Nia Jax. Yes. So... Kudos WWE for using that heat to try to propel her and make something with her. Yep, might as well. She's got it. She's I mean, it they, on the they, shelf. They certainly proved on Monday that they'll use anything to get heat. Yeah. Including someone's Ooh. leukemia. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Survivor Series matches themselves. Teams of five striving to survive, unless it's the tag match, <laughs> which is teams, teams of, of 505 yeah, yeah, yeah. striving to get time. Um, but you know we don't have to give them too much. WWE didn't care, so why should we? Six and one. Yeah. By the way, they were saying it was a clean sweep, but that, as uh, Xavier Woods pointed out, SmackDown won the tag match. I, That's how little like they care. They how little they care. I read that the agent on the match did not know who was supposed to win, so they just put the Usos over, even though the, really? the, the Raw team oh, was supposed Jesus. to win. Oh, that's hilarious. Yep. 
But that, that's a rumor. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure. Oh, my God. I checked out during both of the main card Survivor Series matches. I, th- I checked out on them. I thought the women's one was well booked mm-hmm. because they, they built up Nia Jax to be an even bigger heel. So whoever beats her, Ronda Rousey, is going to be a mega baby face. I would much prefer you get your Nia Jax-Becky Lynch match before she loses. But she's going to lose to Ronda, so whatever. Yeah. I'll have Becky be the one who interferes and use that to push the Ronda-Becky match. Because that's going to happen at WrestleMania. She Whether, lay, lay I doubt it's going to main event. I just want to say it's not going to main event. So if it does, we're all happy. I think it will because th- there's literally nothing else that should go on last. I feel like the fact that it's being rumored so hard means that they won't do it just because people are talking about it. Mm, the fact that you the think? rumors are still so strong in November, end of November, yeah. says mm-hmm. that this is real. If Roman was still around, Roman's going last. Yeah, he's going last. Yeah, right. but Ronda Rousey's the biggest star. In WWE. That's Becky Lynch is, is the biggest homegrown talent in WWE, so right makes sense. And then Charlotte's probably going to be in there. It'll probably be a triple threat. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Two dudettes. Two dudettes. Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha stole WrestleMania 32 in a triple threat match. That was the best match of that WrestleMania, it in my opinion. It would have been better if it was only two of them. Imagine. I know. Two, two dudes. Two, two dudes. dudes. Was having Miz and Shane team up to lose to LA locals. Uh, Eli Everfly and Kata Murray. Was that the right way to follow up? They're losing the mat. Who? who I'm sorry. Cares? I know you wrote this in here. I don't mean it for you, but really, who cares? Yeah. Who cares about Shane? I mean, Shane is a very popular wrestler. Personality, that is. Um, he is. Best in the world. This I've is heard. clearly leading to Miz versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Who? Why? I don't know, because what else do you have to do with The Miz? What else does Miz have to do to earn... Respect? A title shot. I don't think he's ever going to be the champion again. They That's, have their chance. makes me sad. He keeps heating himself back up, though. Every time you're like, he can't get any hotter, yeah, they have to put the so title on him. Rusev. Then he cools down, then he heats himself. It's different, though. Rusev's peaks are shorter. Hmm. and But he can heat himself up because he's great. And it's, not, it's nothing against him yeah. or Lana, but The Miz is able to create and sustain heat for for months at a time. That's why they don't need the belt on him. Yep. Maybe that's true. Yeah, maybe that's it. They don't need him. He's he's at the top. He can generate Daniel heat Daniel Bryan's him. a bigger draw, and they need him on the house show circuit. I like Daniel Bryan with the title, actually. I wouldn't switch them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, there was a time where you could have put the title on The Miz, and it would have made sense, and I don't think it would have disrupted any plans. Yeah, I think it's too late now. I mean, maybe if they're going to not do Shane McMahon and Miz, and it's Daniel Bryan and Miz for the title at WrestleMania... You have him win there, have him get a big moment, but it seems like that ship has sailed. I wouldn't mind uh, face Samoa Joe. Remember uh, Samoa Joe? That was a nice cameo he made at Survivor Series. <laughs> People were so furious in the arena. It was he very got, upsetting. He had a, a little hot moment, uh, and then he was out. He might be hurt. I hope not. Oh, get better soon, I think Samoa Joe. I think that ship has also sailed. I think so, too, which makes me really Don't get hurt. Don't it's get hard hurt. to get hurt. Uh, you don't have to ask how long you've been in the coma. It's not 2006. Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio wrestling on SmackDown. Uh, Randy took his mask. Yep. Remember when Jericho did that? Yeah, in WCW. Yeah. Yep. And then again in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when he didn't wear a mask at all for like three years? Yeah. Booyaka. Booyaka. Wasn't and that... he wore those creepy contacts? The Filthy no. Animals. I love the Filthy Animals. <laughs> was that... that was a great, great stable. Was he out of the mask when, when Kevin Nash... 
darted him into no, the he truck. Was he was that was early though, right? NWO. That was like 95, 96. 96. Yeah, he was out of the Mac. He was out of the mask at least around the time that the Nintendo DS came out because I sold it. <laughs> That's a weird way I have of remembering things, but I know that he was out of the mask then because I, I sold him one for yeah, his kid. Late period WCW, he was out of the mask. Okay. There you go. He's a beautiful man. He was a beautiful man. Well, he was out of the mask for 19, wasn't he? No, he was. Vince McMahon put him in that mask immediately. I can sell so many of these masks. Yeah, it's merchandise. It's smart. But Eric Bischoff was like, I want to see that beautiful face. Show me that face. Show me that face. face. And it's shocking to have a luchador lose his mask. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I I haven't been excited about anything Randy Orton's done since WrestleMania 33. Really? I liked his heel turn. When he became like the vicious heel that just attacked people. That's recent. <laughs> you mean now? Right. That's what I mean. Like this is, yeah. but the last few months. Oh, I just don't care because he's yeah, he's care. wrestling people he's wrestled a million times. Jeff right. Hardy, Rey Mysterio. Put Mix him with somebody Like what's the point of, I do feel like I'm just watching reruns sometimes. Yeah, with why has he never matches? worked with AJ Styles? I was going to say yeah. AJ Styles should be the next target. Other? I think he might be because they have to get Daniel Bryan out of that feud. I don't think they're going to hot shot the title back. I would hope not. No. No, Dave, he's gonna be Dave, the... did you say you liked Randy Orton at WrestleMania 33? No, I said I haven't cared since WrestleMania 33. <laughs> There's oh, a big okay. difference in those Bugs on the floor match. No, that, ma- that match is one of the most repug matches in WrestleMania history. <laughs> Where would you I rank contend it, it could have worked. Yeah, it could have worked without all the bugs on the on I the think that could have worked. Do you put that above or below the House of Horrors match? At least the bugs were in the ring. At least it was a, a match in a ring. <laughs> That's correct. Other than that, I I love Bray Wyatt. He's got the best entrance in wrestling. He's coming back, according to his Twitter. Hell yeah. Can't wait. I hope they hold him back until either post-Mania or the Rumble, because there's no, I don't know who he fits now. To be a big pop. Yeah, something big, something big. big pop, brother. Finally, Seth Rollins beat Shinsuke Nakamura. Remember him from earlier and then from before that? The guy with the jacket. You know, violin man. What a great match. Uh, but that wasn't the end of his week. Since he finally got to confront. Well, no, hold on. I'm not going to just gloss past it. It was a very good match. It was fine. Uh, it had no stakes. It didn't matter. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fine. I, you know, I don't know if it is entirely Shinsuke's fault that he... Uh, I think they had something with the heel character. I think it was too many matches against AJ Styles, frankly. Yeah, none of them were remarkable. None of them were the match that we'd already seen them have that was the six-star match. And that's really what it was. I don't know if it's fair, but that's what the expectation was. That was the match everyone wanted. We didn't get it. And I think that that... And I don't know how that works or or, or whatever, but I think that that kind of takes some wind from some sales. Sometimes you can wrestle somebody too many times. Who, who? And you can't come up with new spots. Right. Yeah, you've already told all your stories. It's like Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton. Do we need to see that again? No. What's going to be fresh about that? But AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, I thought their matches were good. They were fine. I liked their series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were fine. I mean, when you get to the point where you know the other guy's never going to win, then it sort That's of loses the, problem. loses the juice. He becomes a Bray Wyatt. That's, That's a lot yeah. of threats. The brilliance losses. of those velvet, that Velveteen Dream match and that Daniel Bryan match this weekend is I believed there would be a result that my brain said was not possible. Right. And I, I, I have not felt that with the matches in question. Yeah, inevitability can, is the thing that I think. And that's why when – and predictability um, are things that can just kill a program. 
Yeah, and Shinsuke, you know, he needs to do something devious. Clearly, Daniel Bryan has stole, stolen his uh, low blow gimmick. Like, why do I hate Shinsuke Nakamura again? Because he hit AJ Styles in the balls like yeah, everyone right. else they in wrestling. Yeah, it just kind of went... Yeah, everybody hitting dicks. Seth Rollins, who came out victorious, finally got to confront Dean Ambrose, who said this. We were rotten to the core from the very beginning. (laughs) And now time has caught up to us. And we're all going to pay for it in different ways. I mean, look at Roman. Oh, boy. (laughs) For Roman's part, for what Roman did in the shield... He has to answer to the man upstairs. What is happening? People didn't even boo. And what's worse, you have to answer to me. Hold on. I was there for that. Yeah. (laughs) And like I just blurted out, nobody booed. We were just like, what? I don't understand it. I'm sure Roman Reigns is was 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 responsible for that. Was like, hey, you know what you should do? You gotta use it, yeah. You gotta use it. Because uh, it's going to get you all this heat. And that's how wrestling works, and he knows and it. And that's great, but there is a difference between heat that makes you want to see a wrestling match and heat where it's like, I don't know if I should be watching this. Why do this I watch sad. this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't work for me. Also, the promo was too wordy. The, the, nothing Dean, about, Dean doesn't need to use that many words ever. Nothing about this feud has worked for me. It should have been so hot after that angle. Uh, the night that Roman announced his leukemia diagnosis. And since then, it's just been a big fart. Seth Rollins doesn't seem mad enough. Dean Ambrose doesn't seem, like, coherent enough. I don't know why they're fighting. It's a common trope in wrestling these days where there's a heel turn and the newly minted heel says, I'm not going to tell you why I turned heel. You all already know. And I hate every single one of you. Like, that doesn't... Yeah. That's I need motivation. Yeah. I need an emotional connection to this. So they've danced around the idea of this heel turn, and they've sprinkled in little things that maybe are the reason, but he hasn't just said, here's why I did it. I love Dean Ambrose. I watched the uh, the first like 20 minutes of The Chronicle that just came out on the network, the documentary of his recovery, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, this guy is like charismatic and raw mm-hmm. and vulnerable and kind of intimidating. And that just doesn't ever come out in this in this character. He's either too friggin' silly, mm-hmm. or he's just doing comedy, or this where it's just you don't ever have a connecting point emotionally to what he's saying. He mm-hmm. felt more dangerous to me after Seth Rollins turned on the shield yes. in 2014, yep. and he was like, I'm going to take everything away from you. Like, we've seen that already. He did what a heel would probably do. Yeah. Which is, I'm going to take everything you love and you will never have a night's sleep. Also, I almost want him to just be like so racked with guilt or or sadness about Roman Reigns mm. that he just kind of went off the deep end. Yeah. As right. opposed to, uh, we, we, we committed crimes when we weren't on camera yeah. and now we're getting payback. Like, Which they, what I crimes? mean, they committed crimes on camera. They were a heel faction for yeah, like the longest. Like the, why can't it just uh, be that? Why does it have to be, why do you have to make me imagine y'all doing the worst in a hotel room in Toledo? Yeah, what are, what are, you, what are you implying? <laughs> you I don't even want to know. That time we attacked The Rock when the lights were out? <laughs> we have to pay an answer. We're the only people who ever did that. <laughs> anyway. We're bad. Uh, but Dean Ambrose rules. I'm sorry that this is not working. Agreed. Uh, that's it. 
That's it. We did it. That's yeah. wrestling. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's it. That does it for Tights and Fights. We are podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, your hosts were Dave Schilling and Danielle Radford, along with me, Hal Loveland. Dave, thank you for joining us. Thank what a you delight. Thank you for having me. No problem. Uh, tell everybody, wh- what do you want them to read? What do you want them to follow? Uh, I just wrote a, a piece about Becky Lynch uh, on Mel, uh, melmagazine.com. Okay. Check that out. Uh, I'm at Dave underscore Schilling on Twitter, and uh, please follow me there. All right, fantastic. Danielle. Two quick things. One, yes, we are doing the Marine 6 live Discord chat where we all watch it together and it's going to be really fun and that's happening on Friday. I will be posting all the deets on that on my Twitter. Also, please check Rachel Evans uh, Rachel Evans' Twitter where you get to see Lisa, the bomb-ass security guard who took Enzo down, also protected us from various Thanksgiving meets. So you can find that on Rachel's Twitter. What a hero. Listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal, also on the Maximum Fun Network, and Good Morning Night Vale, which is part of the Night Vale Presents Network. That show has launched a Patreon, so you can support us there. All the Patreons go everywhere. Very thankful for our thankful producer, who is Julian Burrell. Julian, I'm thankful for how much you're benching, which is... Uh, Exactly two frozen turkeys on either end of a large barbell. Whoa! This guy, I'm telling you, he's going to be yoked. You've earned that stuffing, my friend. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music. We're putting him over for that. I hope you're doing well on tour. Look for Mike on tour. He's he's out around the country. Hopefully he's back for Thanksgiving now. Yeah. But uh, you can uh, look for open Mike Eagle wherever you can. The music is brilliant. His latest project is available for your ears. Buy it. Keep up with us all week long at Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights and at Tights Fights on Twitter and on Instagram. If you love the show, remember, hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Share us with all your friends. Leave us a review. Let people know what you love about the show. Thank you so much to all the Maximum Fund members who have a portion of their recurring monthly contribution. Come our way and keep the lights on when we're here in the studio. We appreciate it so, so much. We are so thankful. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Wrestling. Tides and Bites Podcast. Tides and MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.